Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Hear Her Sports. I'm Elizabeth Emery. I'm coming to you a day early for a special National Girls and Women in Sports Day episode. Today, February 6th, is the 33rd edition of this National Observance, celebrating the extraordinary achievements of girls and women in sports. I'm all about that, so here we are. My guest is the amazing Megan Martin, ninja warrior superstar, professional climber, USA team climber, powerful model for Athleta, and as of very recently, Megan is also a commentator for USA Climbing on ESPN. As you can hear, Megan is excellent at staying active. She also makes a point of coaching and mentoring younger climbers. Plus, she recently moved. I caught her between driving home from the airport after commentating at Boulder Nationals and heading out to look at houses. In the episode, Megan shares her thoughts about the impact of sports for kids, girls, and women, the value of mentors, painted nails, body image, goals, aging, and she has some final wise words, so stay tuned. Before we get to the episode, push pause and text your favorite Ninja Warrior fan a quick link to hearhersports.com and say, Megan is on. They will definitely know who she is. Well, that's enough. Let's get going. So I'm going to just jump right in. Awesome. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Hear Her Sports. Thank you for finding a break in your schedule. I know that you're super busy doing all sorts of stuff. So I'm super excited to hear more about what you're doing and appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. So since we're recording this as a special episode for National Girls and Women in Sports Day, you know, I'd like to just start by asking why this day is important and how you're going to be involved. Well, I think this day is very important because, you know, as a woman and as I, at one point I was a girl in sports as well, um, sports has shaped my life completely. I've always done sports and my career has always involved sports. So if I can make any kind of impact for young girls who are looking to be successful in sports and then a career after sports that still keeps them involved in athletics, I want to be able to be a part of that. Do you think that sports is important for everybody or just, you know, the kids that like sports? I ask this a lot. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I do think it's important for everyone because I think if you can create a way to be active into your everyday lifestyle, I think it's always better for you if that can be something you do when you're younger to carry on through the rest of your life because it'll keep you healthier and happier. And I do think the multitasking skills that come with, you know, doing sports and having to learn how to manage your time early on and all of that stuff is just better tools to help you be successful later on in life. Mm -hmm. I gather those are what you learned in sports or some of the things. And <laughs> Definitely some of the major things I learned in sports, especially in college sports. Yeah, I was going to ask management. that. <laughs> yeah. Were you at a D1 school, you know, with intense practice schedule? Yeah, I went to Vanderbilt. So D1 SEC and I was a pole vaulter there. So right. really um, good school. So heavy academic load along with a really intense um, sports schedule. Right, right. So what are you going to be doing for the National Girls and Women's Sports Day? Um, on the day, I think I'm starting at the climbing gym. I'm doing a little local TV thing at the gym. And then later on, I'm going to go to one of the athletic stores because they have stuff planned at all of their locations um, to really focus on the day. So I'm just going to go there. I don't know exactly what they're doing. So I'm just going to go to the store and, you know, meet people and be involved in those activities and stuff. So, mm -hmm. and Athleta makes a big point of getting involved with girls' programs. 
Yeah, they totally do. Um, and I've actually gotten a chance this year to work with some of the girls that work with Athleta because before, I mean, I was modeling for them, but it was always just with other women. And now I've got to do a couple different shoots where I am with the girls and McKenna was one of those girls. And she also did Ninja Warrior Junior, which was cool because I was a mentor on that. So it's been really fun to kind of meet some of those girls and, um, you know, get to know them a little. They're all very impressive. So mm-hmm. you've coached a lot of girls between the athletic girls. And also when you were living in Boulder, you coached at ABC Kids Climbing. So, you know, like what lessons have you learned coaching and also maybe what challenges have you found when you're trying to encourage girls to, you know, be fearless and get out there and be active? Yeah, coaching at ABC was really cool because the program itself actually was very heavy on the girl side, which, you know, in climbing, it's always been a male dominated sport. So to see like the team at ABC be majority girls was so cool to see because it just shows how the sport's progressing. Um, I did notice always, sorry, go ahead. I did notice that the gym was, uh, owned by a couple male and female. So I thought that was really interesting that it, you know, translated to having more girls in the gym. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, And they've just done a really good job with that program. I think um, when when it comes to coaching, obviously, like, encouragement is so different person to person. And, you know, the difference between boys and girls, too, and the way you can encourage them and how it will actually help them be successful versus, like, unsuccessful. Just, like, you always have to change the way in which you're doing it so that you can hopefully – create a a way to make that specific person as successful as they can be in the sport. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of that, just like balancing different personalities and making sure you were saying the right things to the right athletes in order to make sure they can be as successful as possible. What would you like to see more of in the gyms? And, you know, how can gyms take a really active role in diversifying the climbing community, you know, attracting more women and attracting more people of color? So I think the best thing to do is to have just more role models around to really kind of show what's possible. I think that's really helpful. And that's something I really liked with being a coach at the gym because I was at the time competing all the time. Um, And then sometimes it was really cool um, in climbing once you're like 15 and turning 16 the year of any adult competition, you can then compete with the adults. So I would actually compete against some of my athletes in competitions, which wow. was really cool. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's funny because, because you have a relationship with them, we'd be climbing together and like I'm coaching, but then we're competing against each other, but I'm also like friends with them. And I would always <laughs> find myself, I mean, and climbing is like this too. There's a lot of camaraderie. So everyone kind of helps each other. So especially as a coach, I was even more helpful. And it's kind of funny because it's like, that's my competition. But I'm trying to make <laughs> sure that they have a good competition as well. And they walk away from it feeling good about everything. Right. Um, it sounds like you're so, a good coach. Yeah, it's kind of a interesting little area to navigate. And then I guess the same with just diversity in the sport. The more diverse climbers we have who have a voice, I think that that would draw more people into the sport, mm-hmm. um, like more people of color into the sport. What do you personally, like what experiences do you personally share and feel are really received well by the kids that you're coaching? 
I was always trying to um, to stress more the experience of competitions versus like the results uh, because it's more about the journey of everything. I mean, everybody works really hard and you just hope that all of the preparation you had pays off in a competition, but it doesn't always. So I always stress like how important failure was in terms of progression and just stressing to have fun. Like that was the most important thing. The first thing I would ask them about whatever competition they were at, like the weekend would be, did you have fun? What did you like about it? This and that. And then we'd go back to more critiquing like what happened. But I always wanted to start with that positive note about like how they felt about it. Because if they're not having fun, I feel like they shouldn't be doing it. And maybe they need to reassess what's important. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that can happen a lot, especially with kids. And once things get difficult, and then they're in a sport, and they think they need to stay in it. And I found it a lot with climbing too. Um, kids would get to high school and they'd start being interested in like high school sports. And I always encourage them to go and try those sports too. Cause you can always go back to climbing. I feel like because it's a lifelong sport, but if you get to high school and all of a sudden you want to do track and field, like go for it. Like why waste your time if you're kind of over something else, if you're interested in another sport, I think it's totally fine to go try it. Do the kids struggle with, you know, sort of body changes when they get into puberty? I mean, I know your balance changes a little bit at that time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's actually different, um, different times for the boys and girls, because the girls, when they're about like, between 12 to 15, I feel like they go through a big change and everything's a little different. But then the boys, it's later, it's like 16, 17, they hit that like growth spurt. <laughs> so with the girls, I always like to focus on like, positive body image um I have a very different body type than most climbers and I think that was good for me to be in the gym as a successful climber with a different body type so that they didn't feel like they needed to look a certain way I think that was always really helpful I really like that about seeing you climb you know it is such a different body type than than the the stereotype (laughs) and that's great I recently talked to actually today I talked to a climber and she was saying that you know every body type has an advantage and a disadvantage so totally so that was really exciting yeah and so the thing is is like for example a lot of climbers don't have strong legs generally Mm -hmm. and I did eight years of track and field so I'm obviously going to have leg muscles and I I'm not going to look like someone who's 110 pounds. Like, it's just not going to happen. So why would I try to force my body into something like that? Why don't I just work with what I have and then work on things I can actually change in terms of, like, gaining more strength or more technique and stuff like that? How did you come to that? Because, I mean, it's hard when you're surrounded, you know, in climbing, for example, you're surrounded by all these people who look very different from you. And yet mm-hmm. you, you seemed able to say, okay, I don't look like that, but I'm going to take advantage of what I do have. I honestly think it was a little circumstantial. I think the fact that I went into track and field when I was in high school was helpful because I wasn't in climbing at that kind of change time. And so when I came back, my body had, my body had been the way it was for the last eight years. So I had no choice but to adapt. Um, <laughs> So it kind of was set up nicely for that. Um, and, and when I was younger, because I stopped climbing when I was 15. I guess I stopped when I was 15. And I probably, but I had already noticed like in middle school, I remember I had a friend who was still under 100 pounds. And I was already at like 110, 115 because I'm very muscular naturally. Right, right. And I remember having a moment and like telling my mom and I was like, 
like, how come she <laughs> she went? My dad didn't allow scales in the house, so if I wanted to weigh myself, I had to go to the grocery store, um, <laughs> which I think was great because now I, I don't own a scale. I just go off of how my clothes are fitting. I'm like, okay, this is great. But um, my mom was like, well, muscle weighs more than fat, and your body type is different, and that's the way you're built, and that is what it is. Weight really doesn't matter. So I think that was really helpful early on. So I never really kind of thought about it again since when I was like 12 or whatever, I had already had that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think my mom just, my parents in general, just creating a nice safe place for positive body image and positive like um, feelings towards food and just eating healthy and not worrying, never talking about diets, nothing like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And when girls would bring that kind of stuff up to me at the gym, if they'd be like, oh, I'm going on a diet, (laughs) my response would be, you're 13 years old. You don't need to be on a diet. Just eat food, eat your vegetables, eat your meat, eat like all of that stuff. A diet is not what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the themes that has emerged in this podcast is that pretty much every single guest I've had on has had that person, that one person who says, you know, you can do it. And you can do it often in a big way, like you can go to the Olympics or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Did you have a person like that? My parents were always very supportive of whatever sport I was into. My, my dad had a rule that we all needed to be in sports. So like once, like when I quit gymnastics, that's how I found climbing. My dad told me I needed to find a new sport or I would start going to like tutoring every weekend so I could be as smart as possible. Um, so <laughs> I, I decided I needed to find another sport because I didn't really want to sit with a tutor all day. <laughs> so I tried soccer for a second and then I luckily came to a climbing gym with a friend and just fell in love with it. But I think, you know, my parents just being supportive of my passions for whatever sport I had and, and then allowing me to switch sports when I wanted to, too, and not forcing me. They always made me finish out the season, which I think was good because I think you should finish what you start. But once seasons were over, I was able to decide if I wanted to stay in that sport or switch to another one. Do you have mentors now? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, Robin Rabatou, who owns ABC, I feel like she's been a mentor for me for the last like five or six years. Well, I guess over six years because I lived in Boulder for that long and I worked with her and she's always been a good guide for my career and with training and stuff. I would climb with her a lot and she was a world champion back in the day in climbing. So she knew she knew things I needed to do and I always trusted her. So she was always very motivating and always happy to help in any way she could. And I still like, I mean, I actually just got off the phone with her as I was driving home from the airport. We were talking about the competition I was just at where I was commentating and I just always trust her opinions. So it's really nice to have a strong female to look to who's been successful in, in your sport. Yeah. Who understands what you're going through. Yeah. And it sounds like you like to mentee or you like to mentor people. (laughs) I think it's a natural state for me. I'm the oldest of three girls, and I'm also the oldest of 13 grandchildren on my mom's side. So I've always been in that first role, right? like the one that everyone else is looking to. So it kind of comes naturally. And I like people, and I like to have close friends and have relationships with people. And I do care a lot about other people succeeding as well as myself. So, yeah, for example, Robin's daughter, Brooke, is – basically like my little sister and 
anytime she has any kind of problem or question, like she can call me and we talk about it, whether it's about climbing or now she's in college and all that stuff. So that's a really awesome relationship. And with coaching and stuff, you have those other relationships with other athletes as well. So it's been a really nice place to be in because I'm definitely thankful for having people to look up to. So if I can be that for somebody else, that just makes my day. Sure. It's nice to give back to. Totally. Totally. Uh, just to get back a little bit to the body image, I see that you often have very beautiful nails during competition. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love to get my nails done. Actually, it's been interesting taking like modeling now and then doing more broadcasting stuff. You can't really have any kind of color on your nails. So I'm still just getting my nails done with like a clear coat. Um, but it was nice for climbing competitions or the Ninja Warrior competitions. I always try to have like a fun color. And when I was younger, before I like, could afford to go get my nails done, I, before the competition, would paint my nails like the night before. And it was always so relaxing because days before competitions, I would get very stressed because it, it's like that anticipation of the day. And so it was a great way to distract myself from being stressed. Um, so I would just like paint my nails and I obviously love pretty colors. So it was just fun to figure out what color you wanted to do and then take the time to make your nails look nice. Do you ever feel a conflict between painting your nails and being so aggressive and powerful on the rocks? I feel like it's a topic that's brought up, but not one that I would have thought of myself. I just thought this is what I like to do, so I'm going to do it. I I guess I like to um, – I don't really like to be put in a box. So, like, I would consider myself pretty girly, but I also – you know, I spend a lot of time in the mountains. I camp. I feel like I have multiple sides to me, and so I, that's just, way, like, my way to express it. So mm -hmm. I can be powerful and I can look cute and do my hair and makeup and nails, but it doesn't mean I can't climb really hard or can't carry my luggage in the airport, like little stuff like that. So, <laughs> Right. It's interesting. This came up in the last episode I did and it made me realize that, and I'm older than you quite a bit, and it made me realize that, you know, like when I was growing up, it did feel like a choice. You know, you couldn't be both and it's really fun to see more girls being able to do both and you know like for you not even thinking of it yeah and it's really nice and that actually was something I noticed quickly with coaching like there were some girls that wanted to do kind of like what I was doing where they would want to be more girly and then there were others that didn't and I just celebrated both of them you know like the girl who still would prefer to wear you know baggier clothes and stuff I'm like that's an awesome style like I like to wear baggy clothes sometimes too like sometimes I like to wear tight clothes sometimes I like to wear basketball shorts and just kind of like celebrate individuality mm -hmm. cool well I want to move to some of your own goals and and things that you're doing so what are your goals and you know for example are the Olympics in your future the Olympics are not in my future as a competitor, but I'm hoping to be the commentator oh, for the cool. Olympics. That is my goal <laughs> in terms of the Olympics. That's and, awesome. <laughs> right? I'm, and I actually decided to make that switch this year. USA Climbing signed a deal with ESPN, and they sent out um, a call for commentators to apply. And so I did. And I got the job. So I actually just flew back from the bouldering nationals where I commentated all weekend. Uh, so it's really fun. And I'm excited to get the experience. And hopefully, I'll end up being in Tokyo, <laughs> <laughs> cheering on all the people that I have been competing with for the last like, six, seven years. Right. So how was it being the commentator? 
it was awesome. This is my second event. Uh, my first event was the Combined Invitational, which was the first of its kind in the U.S. because that's going to be the Olympic format. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying learning how I can get better each time. And I love climbing. I love watching competitions. And so many of the people competing are people that I'm very close to. So it's really fun to be able to see them shine and then try and share our sport with the world a bit more so people can understand it a little bit more. What what have some of the hard things been, you know, to learn that new skill? What is very hard is I am like after being a coach for so long, I am so about cheering when people are climbing. <laughs> <laughs> so to sit there and just talk about people who I care about and not show that I care a little bit more about this person or the other person and to not actually be cheering as they're climbing, that's hard for me, but it's manageable, but it's something I have to actively think about. I'm like, okay, you, you have a job to do here. You can't be like screaming your head off for somebody. That's not your job right now. That's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like before I did the interview with the winner last night, I was able with both of the winners, the man and the woman, which actually the woman is 17. So like a very young woman. So, um, <laughs> I like ran up to them and I like quickly was like, Oh my gosh, she did so well. I'm so excited. I almost cried. Like, like talking a mile a minute and then we're doing an interview really quick and it's all professional. So, <laughs> um, it's really fun though. It's a really great experience. I, I love that you're really goal oriented and are able to, you know, like make plans to achieve those goals, even if the goals are, you know, like years in advance, <laughs> where did you learn to do that? My dad's a big goal setter. Every year he writes down his goals for the year, which I actually don't write them down. I should, but I do have like them in my head and I have like big goals that I have written down in the past. So I'm just always trying to work my way towards those. Um, the broadcasting thing, I've always wanted to be an actress. So being in front of the camera is something I've always seen myself doing. But, you know, with the modeling and now with the broadcasting, I didn't really have those as specific goals, but they're still in line with, with what I've always wanted to do. And it's cool because they kind of have worked out even better because they coincide with my passion better, mm -hmm. which is climbing. And are you still competing? You are, right? I am. I am still competing. I'm just not going to be doing – so in climbing, they have USA climbing competitions, and that's how you make the national team, and then you can go compete internationally. So I'm not going to do any of that stuff anymore because I want to be commentating at those events. Mm. But there's also a lot of competitions throughout the year that are hosted by different companies or gyms, so I can do any of those if I want to, right. and I will. I'm doing one in April, so. <laughs> how are you going to manage training and, and commentating at the same time? Um, It's actually been pretty easy because – when I'm in town, I like at home, I can still train a bunch. And then what was great about this last job is not only was I commentating, but I actually got to climb because the people who set the climbs are called root setters. And so they climb on the boulders a bit and trying to figure out how to make things like the right difficulty. But I actually got to get on them as well so they could gauge it a little more having a woman on the women's climbs. So that was really nice. I got to get my workout in and I got to get on all the climbs that I would have loved to get on anyway <laughs> without any of the stress. And then I had a job to do. So it was great. Right. <laughs> the best of both worlds. I bet it made you better able to comment too. Yeah, it was really helpful actually um, just to know where specific, more difficult areas on each boulder problem were. So it was really helpful for sure. So what other goals do you have? Um, I definitely still would love to be an actress at some point. That's a, a big goal for me. And then I have a lot of outdoor climbing goals 
that have just come about a bit more after moving to California, trying to get more into trad climbing, which is more traditional climbing. I don't know if you saw the Dawn Wall movie or the free solo movie, but those more big wall climbs. I mean, with a rope, though, not free soloing. I wouldn't <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> Only Alex Honnold can do that. But um, just more of that, like, you know, kind of getting into more of the other disciplines of climbing and just spending more time outside goals um, regarding more difficult climbs and bouldering outside and sport climbing and then hopefully trying to do some big wall stuff. And you mentioned that climbing was a, you know, a lifelong sport. So you're going to continue doing this for a long time, I gather. Oh, I hope I'll be in like my 80s still climbing. I, we, <laughs> my boyfriend my boyfriend and I were climbing outside probably like a month ago, and these two 75-year-old men were out there crushing. And like if I could be 75 and still crushing, I would be so happy. <laughs> that's, that's great. Have you noticed any changes as you age? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I feel like when I turned 27, I was like, oh, why am I so tired? Like, why is the soreness lasting longer? I feel like I need to warm up more and stretch more. Like, little tweaks happen a lot easier. But you just have to adapt, obviously. But it is a weird thing because you're like, your whole life you're just going, 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 not really worrying about injuries. Or I guess I was lucky enough to not have any major injuries when I was younger. Um, but then really noticing that you kind of have to just take care of your body a bit more as you age if you want to still be able to perform. And how are you, you know, especially since you're on TV and particularly with the Ninja Warrior, that seems like a really intense uh, TV <laughs> filming schedule. How do you sort of remove yourself from the fear and the nerves and, you know, the physical challenge of, of doing that kind of thing? How do you remove yourself and continue to go? I do feel like Ninja Warrior is the hardest thing just because it is so stressful because it is a TV show. And, you know, the first year was so chill for me because nobody, I wasn't anybody, right? And I hadn't done anything yet. But the, but, but after that first year, I did a bunch of things. So I, I feel that pressure of being expected to do well. And I literally have nightmares like months and months before of failing and messing up and all these things. So it is a hard thing to manage. I feel like, especially the day of, before I walk up on that platform, I'm usually sitting there talking to myself like, this is fun. You're just going to go play around on the like, obstacles. You're good at this. You can do this. Forget about everything else. So I just kind of keep talking to myself to get myself through it. Once I start, I feel a lot better. But sure. the anticipation is extremely nerve-wracking for me and somewhat terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> So it is difficult for sure. Just, just It's just the expectations, though, really, I think, is what gets to me the most. Did you have the same nerves when you were commentating? Um, before the very first time I commentated, I all of a sudden was like, oh, my gosh, like, what if I mess up? What if I ruin the whole show? I'm supposed <laughs> to know everything about climbing because my co-commentator is like a professional commentator like play-by-play -play for ESPN doesn't really know much about climbing so it's my job to make sure everything sounds right and we're explaining it well for people who don't know about climbing so all of a sudden that first day I was actually terrified but then once we started I felt fine and now now that I've had like a couple events under my belt and even after the first day of the first event I felt so much better because I kind of knew what to expect a bit more yeah so yeah. and and 
since I've been an athlete, I've learned how to manage those kind of nerves um, when you need to. So I think that was really helpful. You mentioned that you're now somebody. Is it weird being somebody? Um, I don't mind it. I kind (laughs) of like it. (laughs) I mean, it can be. But I mean, I like people. So like today in the airport, a man walked up to me at baggage claim and he was like, excuse me, but are you the Megan Martin? And I was like, oh, hi. Like, I just think it's fun. So I don't mind it at all. I think it's really cool. That's nice. That's really nice. (laughs) It is funny though. This was, I was at a, cl- a climbing gym in SoCal the other day, and a little girl that, or not little, she's like fifteen now. But I met her when she was like nine at one point, and she walked into the gym and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't breathe!" And I was like, "Why?" And she was like, "Cause you're here." I was like, "Oh my gosh, stop! Come climb with me, please!" Like I'm climbing by myself. I'm so glad you're here. Can we session now? <laughs> like you're so cute, but you don't need to be losing your breath over me. We're just going to climb really quick. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Yeah. It was super fun. You seem so powerful and focused and, you know, goal-oriented and super confident. Have you ever experienced any challenges as being a woman athlete? Um, I don't think I've really ex- – so though the climbing community was heavier on the male side, I felt like the men were always so – like not intimidated by the like they were always in like I when I grew up climbing in Florida I always climbed with the boys and it was just normal and nobody like was like oh you can't do this because you're a girl they just like were like oh that was super strong like and I felt like that was why I became so good at climbing was because I was climbing with these guys that were really strong and just trying to do what they did and they just accepted me well that's nice yeah, it was nice. I, I mean, I know not all sports are like that. I think I'm really lucky to have that, but it, it was definitely a really good experience for me. Yeah. It, it also sounds like you had good role models at home, too. Yeah, that was definitely helpful. Um, I know our time is short and I don't want to keep you long, but is there anything that we didn't get to that you want to tell our listeners? Well, I would just say that if you have a daughter, just to encourage her to follow any dream that she has. I feel like that's the most important. I think we need more strong women in the world. And we've proven that women are capable of doing anything that a guy can do. So the more encouragement and positivity we have for girls and anything they do, I think we're better off. That's great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. I'm sending a big thank you to today's guest, Megan Martin, for being on the show and to Athleta for featuring a beautiful range of body types in their advertising. Thank you to the Women's Sports Foundation, the mighty hand behind this special day, along with lots of other work for women's sports throughout the year. Check out the show notes on the episodes page at hearhersports.com. I've included a video link to Megan's run at the Minneapolis Ninja Warrior Qualifiers. It's definitely worth watching because she's incredible. Hear Her Sports was started to increase media coverage of female athletes and women in sports. 44% of athletes are women, and only 4% of sports media coverage is about women. That's not a number, it's a rounding error. As women, we're all going to benefit from speaking way up, telling our stories, and listening to stories of incredible women like my sporty, adventurous guests. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or through your favorite podcast player. Subscribe to the Hear Her Sports newsletter, donate, or purchase new swag on hearhersports.com. Our theme music is by the band Goldmines, our logo by Agnes Studio. I'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye.
Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.